0: Well, good morning, church, and hey, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, uh, to take a few moments this morning and fill out uh, one of our online connection cards. It's really uh, just an opportunity uh, for you to be in touch with us and uh, let us know how you're doing. We would love to know what have been some of the specific trials and troubles and challenges and fears that you have been wrestling with uh, these days. But at the same time, we would also love to know what have been some of the unexpected joys and blessings that you have seen. It would just help us to know how to care for you better, how to pray for you specifically and and maybe even follow up with you uh, in the coming days. So please be so good uh, to fill that out uh, for us. It would be a blessing to care for you. Well, as we reflect today on uh, the death of our Savior, I invite you to grab a copy of God's word and open it up to Luke chapter 23. Now, on a Good Friday, maybe you feel this way, but I'm always so conscious of the tension that exists. You know, uh, there's that awareness that today is simultaneously awful and yet at the same time, it's awesome. Right? It really is. And I think as, as Christians who understand the gospel, we're all so cognizant of that. It's that, that tension between the heaviness that we all feel due to you know, the reality of what Christ went through on the cross for us. And yet at the same time, there's probably that presence of, of, of gratitude that you have for that. Right? And you sense that welling up inside of you and, and you so badly or you're eager to get to Easter Sunday already and, and be able to worship and celebrate the empty tomb. So looking forward uh, to that in three days time. Well, hey, all of that tension uh, that you probably feel today, all of that is normal. I just want to let you know that all of that is absolutely Appropriate, you know, and I think we even see that expressed here in these verses. And I just want to read them to us. It's Luke 23, verses 44 down to 49. It says, It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole lands until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Lord, as we uh, even read these verses right now, uh, Father, we're, we're filled with just a profound uh, sense of uh, gratitude for what you have done. At the same time, uh, we feel uh, kind of a somber mood fill us as well as we recognize what you went through and what you had to endure to take the penalty of sin upon Yourself And so Father, I pray that as we work our way through these verses here this morning, uh, God, I pray that you would soften our hearts, help us to absorb the, just the enormous reality of this. God, help us to process properly, help us to be quick to uh, repent of our sin, Lord, and be stirred and motivated uh, to follow you uh, every single day as hard as we can in your strength by the power of your spirit. So God, work again, work in us, transform us, change us. Thank you for the cross, Lord. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning is Uh, going to look a little bit different for us. I mean, Good Friday uh, usually does, but uh, we thought that, you know, given the unique reality of this being an online service, we thought we would frame up our time in God's word uh, a little differently than even a normal Good Friday uh, service would typically look. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to you know work us through these verses as I usually would, uh, but along the way, what we're going to do is give you actually three different uh, time frames here where we're going to pause our service and give you uh, a few minutes in your own home to just work through uh, some discussion questions with each other or alone. Give you an opportunity uh, to reflect and and pray all of that is gonna appear on the screen. And it's just really to to help each of us uh, contemplate and reflect and process more deeply uh, Christ's death and what that means for us and how that is to impact our lives uh, going forward. Now, more on all of that uh, to come, don't worry. Uh, But let's take a look at these verses again, uh, starting in uh, verse 44. Now, keep in mind, it's only been five days uh, since the triumphal entry, right? You remember that from just last Sunday. We looked at that, and it was a lot of you know shouting for joy and praising God and Hosanna and thank you God for sending the Messiah who would come and save. A lot of excitement and thrill. Okay, well, just five days later, the entire mood and attitude uh, has totally changed by this. Point Okay, The the excited crowds have kind of drifted into the background, and now it's the angry religious leaders that have moved into the foreground. And at this point, they have completely laid their cards on the table. They're not trying to hide it anymore. Their intentions are, we want Jesus out of the picture. We want him dead. And so Jesus has been betrayed by Judas. He has been arrested. He's been abandoned by his closest followers and friends. He has been through an absolute... Joke of a trial uh, at the hands of the Romans. I mean, who even they remember Pilate, he even knew himself that you know Jesus is innocent, right? This guy doesn't deserve crucifixion, you know, this awful death that you are clamoring for. Uh, That's what he uh, said uh, to the Jews, of course, and yet the Jews uh, prevailed. And uh, Christ had, you know, was beaten and mocked and led away. And he was now been ho- hoisted up on a cross at Golgotha, the place of the skull. He was hung there between two criminals. He was suffering and he was dying. And that's where we find ourselves now in verse 44. Take a look. It says, it was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until... The ninth hour, so we're talking like a three hour period here from noon, that was the, third, or the sixth hour. The ninth hour was 3 p.m. So again, about three hours there. It says, while the sun's light failed. Now, some have tried to explain this as a purely natural phenomenon. This is like, uh, this is an eclipse, right? That's what's happening. The problem with that is that this happened at uh, a full moon. Okay, and we know that because the Jews always celebrated Passover when the moon was full. Now, what's significant about that? Well, what's important is that to know is that an eclipse can't happen at a full moon. It happens at a new moon. Now, on top of that, an eclipse uh, never lasted for uh, three uh, three hours. Okay, and so how are we supposed to understand? what this darkness is all about, okay? Well, it's not just a natural phenomenon, but it was also a supernatural one, okay? We're to understand this as this darkness symbolizing God's immense sorrow and, and displeasure and judgment, okay? All of that towards humanity for murdering his innocent Son, And also it's the judgment of of sin in that his wrath is being poured out on Christ as he is hanging uh, on the cross. All of that is happening on our behalf or for us in these very moments. Now look at what it says next. It says, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, this is also a really significant event, okay? That, that curtain there in, in the construction of the temple, it is what separated the most holy place. You've probably heard it called the holy of holies, okay? And the curtain separated the most holy place from the holy place where the, the priests were able to minister and function. And then the, the temple uh, grounds, the temple courts where, where people could come in and worship and offer uh, sacrifices, Okay, so the curtain separated all of that. The most holy place, also, what we need to know about that is that represented where God's presence dwelt on earth. Okay, so, so this was this was huge. This was no small thing. And, and the Israelites would, would have been very aware of this. They knew their Old Testament, right? They knew the Torah, they knew what the curtain was, okay? And so that curtain, it was, it was actually massive. It was nothing like what you have, you know, drapes hanging in your bedroom. Okay, it's not like that. It was like 60 feet high, it was 30 feet wide, it was about four inches thick that's about 10 centimeters for us Canadians okay and so again, it separated the most holy place where God's presence dwelt from all other areas of the temple. okay and you have to know that there was extremely limited access into the most holy place. only okay only the high priest, the one guy could go into the Holy of Holies and that only once a year on the the day of atonement, okay? And that was to make amends for the sins of the people, okay? So he functioned as a mediator between uh, sinful people and a holy God. And so that curtain, okay, uh, signified the spiritual separation that existed between the Lord and between uh, his creation, okay? So all of this highlighted really the significance of sin. It's so easy for you and I to you know, kind of treat sin like it's no big deal and oh, well, I'll get her next time and, and, and we, we often don't repent and, and we kind of drag our sin around with us and we, don't, we treat it like it's not that big of a deal. But here with this visual of the temple and the curtain and, and people's awareness of the scriptures, they knew that sin was deadly, deadly, uh, serious business. And so Christ's death here, as we read about it in verse 44, what it did was it brought man total forgiveness of our sins. And now because it was torn, direct access to God. Okay, the the curtain tearing from top to bottom as Matthew's gospel tells us in chapter uh, 27, it means that God himself tore the curtain. Why? Well, because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross satisfied his wrath and removed that barrier that existed between God and man. See, up until this point, uh, the high priest, he would have to you know, enter the most holy place every year on behalf of the Israelites uh, constantly. Right, Every single year he would have to do this because um, sins needed to always be atoned for, right? He himself was a sinful person. That's the, the high priest. You know, animal sacrifices, the sacrificial system. It was imperfect, the Bible tells us. It was only ever a temporary measure that showed us that we need Christ. We need a perfect sacrifice, which he was, okay? And so Christ, because he never sinned, that is why he was perfect. He was a sacrifice that was that 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 made the atonement complete once and for all. That's why Hebrews chapter nine verse twelve says that Christ,, okay, as the great high priest, what an amazing picture that is. It says that he entered once for all. his sacrifice was was final, it, it was never needing to be repeated ever again. The, the, the barrier of our sin removed for good, which gives you and I now direct access to a relationship with our creator, with our heavenly father. Okay, something that you and I get to enjoy immensely when, when you or, or I, when we trust in what Jesus Christ did Uh, By faith, and so I would just ask you that question. I don't know if you're a a church-going person or if someone you know just sent you this link and you've never been a part of our church or any church before. Uh, Have you done that? Have you trusted Jesus by faith? Have you trusted Him as your Savior? Okay. Uh, Do you understand that that His death, that we're reading about here in in Luke chapter twenty-three, it satisfied God's wrath that was meant for you, okay? It was meant for your sins. You earned God's wrath. I did as well uh, through my sin, but Christ's death removed that barrier that the curtain signified. His death means that that you and I can, can now be forgiven, have our slate wiped clean, have our sins washed away and be in a relationship with the God of the universe exactly how God intended it. Okay, your access to him through Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ will never be denied. How amazing is that? And, And what it takes for you is to understand these things. Do you realize that Jesus did this for you? Do you realize that your sin is a problem and it separates you from God? Your sin is like that curtain and you can't fix it. You can't remove that yourself. Jesus had to. And so you can become a Christian today, right now, by admitting your sin before God. You can do that silently in a prayer. You can do that out loud. You can get the person that you're with to pray with you and explain these things further. But all you have to do is confess your sin, which requires humbling ourselves and realize that we are lost and broken in our sin. And we need the blood of Jesus Christ to cover us. We need his death to become our own, his victory over sin and over death to become ours. All of that becomes you the moment that you believe or trust that what Jesus did was for you. Would you do that today? I wanna challenge you and encourage you. Get in touch with us if you have any more questions about that, all right? Now, like I said, I wanna give us all here a few moments uh, to further process these things, all these these verses that we're looking at, and so we're going to have some questions come up on the screen here in just a moment, and and we really want you to take some time to. You know, get alone if if that's what you're sensing, or if you're by yourself right now, or or maybe gather your your spouse and, and your kids around and 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 have a discussion through some of these questions, or or just take some time and pray through these things. Okay, this is a, such a great opportunity for us here on Good Friday to, to really get our hearts right before the Lord. To to repent of of whatever ongoing sins we have and 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 again to just express our deep appreciation that that Christ's death means that you and I now get to enjoy direct access to our heavenly Father in a relationship with him now if you need more than the five minutes that we're going to give you uh, before we resume the message today no problem just, you know, feel free to, to pause the service and rejoin us uh, when you're ready, all right? So let's do this. Uh, let's go to the Lord now in prayer. All right, well, let's pick it up here again in verse 46, all right? So the curtain has been torn in two. We know that is from top to bottom. And then it says here, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now, when, when Jesus says there, you know, into your hands I commit my spirit, It actually comes from Psalm 31, verse five. Psalm 31 is a Psalm that expresses uh, deep trust in God during times of distress and grief. Okay, and you just think about it. I mean, the anguish that Jesus must have experienced as he, you know, bore the weight of God's wrath and he absorbed that, the wrath for all of mankind's sin, Past, present, and future. I mean, that, that must have been heavy, right? That is a, an excruciating weight that uh, we, quite frankly, can't even wrap our minds around. But in Jesus' words here, as he, as he says this, we see also just the voluntary nature of his sacrifice, okay? He, he wasn't being coerced, uh, you know, against his desires, to go to the cross. He wasn't going, kicking, and screaming. He wasn't being forced, right? His will was to do the Father's will. And I think when we think about that, we we are reminded of Luke chapter 22, where Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and and he's just absorbing the the burden and the weight of everything that he's about to endure. And and he, he says that he's sweating these great drops of blood, which is you know, something that happens when we're under immense stress and pressure. And, and he says here, if there's any way, Lord, remove this cup from me. But he says, and you remember it, not my will, but yours be done. Right? He just expresses there, and, and we see it through his subsequent action here, his desire to fulfill the mission that God had given him because of the deep trust that he had in his father right he's like i commit to you my spirit i trust you with it right he knew that all of this would would work out in the end for 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 our good and for his for the glory of his his father right in this moment here we just see this you know that 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 perfect example of what it means to trust god hey jesus again commits or or, or yields up his spirit again that is his that's his human spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's the, his human spirit. He gives that into God's hands. He's holding that all empty-handed, and, and, and he does that knowing, right, and, and believing and, and trusting that, that God is good, that his plans, his, his purposes, his promises will always prevail, okay? Sin, the grave, none of that, okay, would have the final word whatsoever, And so for you and I, it's just the the ultimate example here that that we can trust our Heavenly Father. No matter what you and I might be facing these days, and we know that uh, these days are extremely challenging. We're facing times that we never have before. But what we have here in the death of Christ is the ultimate perfect picture, the model of what it means to trust God. Hey, Jesus followed as Heavenly Father to the very end, knowing that it would bring about just the sweetest result ever that the world would ever know right so it's a reminder again to you and, and to, to myself that we can trust the Lord right we can so let's let's just take another few minutes here and and in our own homes just really think about these things and and express our own trust in the Lord. Well, I invite you to uh, pick up your Bibles again here as we look at the final verses of our passage. You know, Jesus had just committed his spirit into the hands of his father. And, you know, as this awful and at the same time, awesome event transpires, what we notice here in these next verses is just the reaction and responses of those who witnessed uh, this event unfold. And so let's see this here in verse 47. It says, now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. He recognized that this man is righteous. That's another word for that. He didn't deserve this. Now verse 48, and all the crowds, that's the next group of people that had, that had assembled for this spectacle. That's exactly what it was. Okay, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, it says, beating their breasts. That, that means that they were, they were grieved. They were uh, troubled by what they saw and they returned home just contemplating these things from a place of of sorrow. And now verse 49, it says, and all his acquaintances and the women now who had followed him from Galilee, what did they do? Well, they stood at a distance watching these things. You know, I, I find it so... You know, interesting and and fascinating to just observe the various responses of these people. Okay, the the centurion he actually worships God. It says that he he praised God. He 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 realized this is the guy that was responsible for carrying out the execution. Right, he realized that Jesus didn't deserve this. Right, he says in another gospel, truly this man was God's. Son, what an amazing reaction on his part. It says that the crowds there, they beat their breasts, right? Again, it's this expression of, of grief over the spectacle that they, that they saw. And again, the, the sorrow that they were experiencing and feeling by, by watching this horrific event unfold. It says that Jesus' acquaintances, so, so people that he knew, it says some of the women that had followed him uh, stood at a distance and And imagine them, they, they probably, you know, don't really want to get any closer. they They want to see how this unfolds, but they, he, Jesus was precious to them and and they're standing there. They're probably in shock. they're they're in disbelief as to all of this. In their minds, all of this was a complete catastrophe, right? it was It was an absolute disaster, not at all what they had been expecting. You know, which naturally, I think, as we consider these 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 three groups of people, I think it moves us to consider our our own reaction and and our own response to the death of Christ, right? Will we worship? Will we worship him? or we or will we, you know, come through another Good Friday and another Easter Sunday and you know, just kind of stay lukewarm and allow ourselves to be unmoved? Will we praise him? I mean, even the Centurion was 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 one who did that. You know, will we, you know appropriately grieve and, and express our sorrow as the crowds did you know but but understanding that that that's what he, he went through that for us right will we will we express the grief for our own sin uh that 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 held him there you know will you know will we carefully observe and and reflect on these things as Jesus acquaintances did and and the women did and and seek to understand what is this really mean for me This is the most important event, the events of Easter that you know in in human history this is to have an, an, a massive impact on on how I think and, on, and how I act and how I live my life. Will we reflect on all of that. okay well again, we want to give you a final few moments here to to think about all of this and and to, and to reflect in these ways again in your homes to, to just prayerfully express, you know, that, that tension that I talked about, that you're likely feeling, this is, a, this is awful, and yet it is amazing at the same time to, to praise God for this, to express your own grief, that it was your sin that held him there on the cross. And, and again, just to further reflect on his sacrifice, you know, f- for yourself and to do that between not just now in our service, but, but even until Easter Sunday, when we will gather again uh, to worship and to celebrate. I just want to let you know that after this last time of of reflection and prayer, uh, John is going to lead us in a time of singing as we uh, worship the Lord and thank him uh, for what he has done. So let's go to prayer now.